Welcome to the weekly message from Upper Room Community Church in Vaughan. We hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and provide practical ways to strengthen your relationships. For more information, visit us at upperroom.ca. Chapter 1, verse 3 to 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will, to be the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance to the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all the wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of His, him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is God's word. Good morning. Wow, that was a mouthful. Can we give a round of applause to Dania for reading that so amazingly? That was so good, Dania. Thank you. Um, uh, It's been said already this morning, but we want to welcome you to our first All Together Now service of the summer. Um, This is something we've been doing now for the last few years, from the long weekend in August uh, to the long weekend in September to Labor Day weekend. We kind of take every one of these Sundays and come all together. We all sit together. We all learn together. We all sing together. We all pray together. It's a great opportunity to kind of learn and grow together as a family. So I want to welcome you to our uh, our first All Together Now service. And for beginning next week, for the rest of the summer, we're going to be getting, we're going to be kicking it back old school. We're going to be doing a series that we're calling Old School. And for each week, we're going to be looking at a different character in the Old Testament. We're going to be seeing what God wants to teach us through uh, a number of different people's lives who are recorded in the Old Testament. But for today, this is the last week in the series that we've been doing for the last few weeks that, we're, that we've been calling Blank Gives Life. Blank Gives Life. And this is a series about um, what we're calling spiritual practices. These practices that are kind of laid out in the Bible, in God's Word, these practices that God has given us to begin to put into practice in our life and continue to put into practice in our life, not just so that we can kind of continue to exist, not just so that we can kind of keep breathing, but that so we can kind of learn and grow in the full, significant, kind of abundant life 
that God desires us to have and the abundant life that actually Jesus came for and he promised that this is why I came, not just so that you would have kind of life, not just so that you'd exist, but that you'd have a full life, an abundant life. And so we've been talking about different practices. A few weeks ago, we've been, we talked about fasting and then we talked about the Sabbath, and then we talked about scripture last week. Pastor Vijay preached on that, and now today we are talking about this spiritual practice called gratitude. Gratitude. Okay, what does that mean? Well, before we get into that, I want to do a little activity with you. There's going to be pictures up on the screen. Before we put them up, all I want you to do is look at the pictures on the screen and just yell out to me what you see, okay? Can you do that? Just yell out what you see, all right? Ready? Let's see, see our first picture. Who sees an old woman, or who saw an old woman first? Uh, who sees a young woman? Yeah, cool. Some of you need to take a look at that longer. Wait a minute. Okay, next picture. Yellow, what you see? Oh, who saw a duck, or a penguin, or a bird? Who saw a rabbit? Oh, good. Okay, next. This is interesting. Who sees like a little African village? Yeah. Who sees an elephant? Oh, yeah. Some of you need to look at it longer, eh? Okay, next one. Who sees who sees me? Who sees you? Okay, last one. Who sees good or who saw good first? Who sees evil? Ooh. Isn't that cool? Isn't that so neat that it can be actually that two people can look at the exact same thing and see two totally different things or come to two totally different conclusions? Isn't that interesting? That two people can look at the exact same thing and come to two completely different conclusions. And you know what? I was thinking about this week. Uh, about this this week, because we kind of do this all the time in life. Um, we might think there are things in our lives that it, it might be the exact same thing that two of us are thinking about, but we might feel completely different about it. And we're talking about gratitude today, right? There are some things that when someone thinks about it, they will feel gratitude, they'll feel thankful, they'll feel joyful when they think about it. Others, it'll be dread. Some of us joy, others dread, right? So let me give you a few examples. What do you think of, or do you feel gratitude when you think about Mondays. <laughs> Maybe some of us? Yeah, Kate says yes, it's a day off for Kate. Um, when you think about school, who feels gratitude when you think about school? Sometimes, yeah. Maybe it depends on the day, totally. Okay, here's one in our family, and this is a kind of, it's not a bone of contention, but it's something we laugh and joke about, because there's one person in our family who really actually feels gratitude when she thinks about this. Who feels gratitude when you think about Pickled beets. Exactly. That's what I think, Daniel. Ew, that's gross. But Catherine, my wife, she loves pickled beets. We always have a jar of pickled beets in our fridge, and every once in a while she'll take a taste, and it's like ice cream for her. I don't get it. That's not what I think. But it's what she thinks. That's cool. What about this? How do you feel when you think about exercise? Oh, that's good. Some people, yes. Some people, not so much, right? What about your mother? Ooh. Okay, not everyone can answer this question. What about your mother-in-law? I'm sure lot full of gratitude, full of gratefulness for both of those last two. Okay, you know, it's so interesting. There are some of the things, the exact same thing, we might think two totally different things about, we might feel totally different things. 
things are built. But then there are other things in life, there are other things in all of our lives actually, that sometimes it just feels like no matter which way you slice it, no matter which way you look at it, no matter which kind of perspective you take on it, it's really hard. It's really hard to look at that and feel gratitude. It's really hard to look at that and feel thankful. So let me just give you a few examples. Some of us are in seasons in our life where we are waiting, where we're waiting. Maybe we're waiting for like, um, uh, maybe we're sick and we're waiting for healing. Maybe we're waiting to be like reunited with a loved one. We've been separated from someone who we love or who's dear to us or near to us. We're waiting to be reunited with them. Maybe we're waiting for someone who we love to make a decision that we know they need to make, but they haven't got around to making it yet. Maybe we're waiting for a job, to, like a job offer to come, or for a job to be offered back to us that we've lost. Some of us are hurting, right? We're hurting. Maybe, maybe we've been betrayed by someone who we were close to. Um, maybe we have someone in our life who has made bad decisions and it has hurt themselves or hurt us or hurt others, and that hurts. Um, maybe we're hurting from like a physical uh, sickness or physical injury or something like that and we're in pain. It's hard when we're in a time of hurting to actually see the good in that, to be thankful for that. Others of us are struggling. Some of us are struggling to keep our jobs. Some of us are just struggling in our family. Maybe we're just feeling like whatever situation we're in, it's just really difficult. We feel stretched beyond our limits. Maybe we just feel like the expectations that are on our lives right now in work or in family or in somewhere else, maybe it just feels like it's too much for us. It's really hard when we feel like we are struggling to feel thankful in that, you know? And the thing is, is that I think we all know, I think we all know that we're supposed to feel grateful. I think especially if you've kind of grown up in the church, or if you're someone who kind of calls yourself a follower of Jesus, you know, we all know, but even whether you're inside or outside the church, really, we all know that we're supposed to be people who feel grateful. And yet the problem is, a lot of the time, we can't just make ourselves feel grateful. You can't just snap your fingers, flip a switch, and all of a sudden feel grateful, can you? Um, but at the same time, we know that's a problem because we know gratefulness is good, not just because we know we're supposed to feel grateful, but actually because when we look at ingratitude, when we look at someone who's not grateful, that's, we actually know that, that kinda, that's kind of like a put-off, isn't it? When we kind of see someone who's complaining or who's not thankful or who's kind of um, 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 uh, like not able to kind of give thanks or see the bright side of that, that kind of like turns us off. That's someone who often kind of takes life away from us, isn't it? Not someone who actually gives life. And often when we kind of see a complainer or an ungrateful person, often for a lot of us, one of our first reactions is to kind of want to help them to see another perspective, right? Want to help them to see things that they can be thankful for to kind of pull them out of that. Um, but more than that, we actually, I think most of us know, we just get kind of deep inside that gratitude is actually good for us. It's interesting, I was watching a little YouTube clip recently, and it was about uh, a whole bunch of studies that have been done, done that, that have kind of come to the conclusion, like scientific studies that have been done that says that people who express gratitude more are actually more joyful. So this is like a scientific fact. And so they actually did this experiment to kind of confirm it. So they brought in a bunch of random people, and they had them take kind of a baseline test. They didn't know what the test was about, but it was basically just kind of measuring their, their joy level in life, their, their basic joy level in life. And they asked them a bunch of questions, but one of the questions they asked was, tell us about someone in your life who's had a really significant impact. 
So they talked about it a bit, and then they said, we want you to actually write it out. Write this down on a piece of paper, explain what the impact is that they've had on your life, why they're such a significant person to you. So they did that, they had them read it out loud, and they said, that's great. Now what we want you to do is call that person and read it to them. So there was one person who said it was my mother, and here's why. Another person said it was my sister, here's why. There was another person that said it was a professor in university, and here's why. And they had them call this, these people up and actually read out this expression of gratitude for the impact that they had on their lives. And it was so cool to see, like this was all taped, and it was just so cool to see the conversations that were taking place. And you saw laughing, and you saw joy, and they were like, I don't know why I'm doing this. They just told me to do it, now I'm calling you. To... And it was like, you just saw the joy levels go up. And then they took a test after that, and they did, it was a different test, but it kind of measured the same thing. And for every single person who had come in to do this, their joy levels went up. Because expressing gratitude, we kinda, and we kind of get that, expressing gratitude does something to our joy levels in, light, in life. But we know that this is a difficult thing for us because, like I said, we can't just turn on a switch and make ourselves feel grateful, right? Especially if we're in a season of life or going through an experience in our lives where it's just hard to see the bright side whatever that means, you know? And you know what? I really believe that God understands this. I really believe that God understands this. Um, and I also really believe that so did almost every one of the people that God used to write the Bible. Because almost every one of them, almost every single one of them actually lived an incredibly difficult life. Like difficulties that most of us would look at and think the challenges, the struggles that I'm going through just don't compare. They just don't compare. The people that God used to write the Bible um, lived incredible lives of difficulty and hardship. And I think that's why, for all these reasons, I think that's why God has given us this spiritual practice called gratitude. Gratitude. Um, and gratitude is really interesting. Before I give you a really quick definition, Gratitude is a spiritual practice because it has something in common with all the other spiritual practices that uh, we've been given as well. It's simply this. Gratitude is something that we can do in order to cultivate or grow in us something that we can't do on our own. Gratitude is something that we can do in order to grow in us something that we can't do on our own. Okay? Um, <clears throat> and so here's my definition of gratitude. Gratitude is simply rehearsing God's goodness. Gratitude is rehearsing God's goodness. It's not trying to forget about the problems in life that we have. It's not trying to minimize them. It's not trying to make lemonade out of lemons. It's not trying to see how the glass is half full instead of half empty. It's simply rehearsing God's goodness. Now, that's a big word. I think there's probably some people in this room that maybe, not, they don't, they, maybe you don't know or you don't recognize. We don't use that word a lot, that word rehearsing. Can any of our kids tell me, what do you think that word rehearsing means. What does it mean to rehearse something? Just put up a hand so we can hear you. Yeah, someone up there, I can't see who it is, but oh, it's Jasper. That's an amazing explanation of the word rehearsing. He said, it's practicing something that you do before you do it. Practicing something that you do before you do it. When I think of that word rehearsing, you know what often comes to mind for me? It's like uh, people in a band or in an orchestra. They rehearse. They practice it. They go over and over and over. Why? So that it can actually become more natural, more um, like the more kind of automatic response for them so they can actually get good at it. That's what gratitude is. It's not trying to make yourself feel good. It's simply rehearsing, practicing, saying out loud God's goodness. And you know what? That's something we can do. We can rehearse. We can practice God's goodness. We can say out loud 
everything from the little things to the big things. From one way I like to think of it is we can, we can rehearse God's goodness from the rising of the sun to the rising of the sun. From the rising of the sun this morning, you know, that God has made the sun to rise again. He's given breath in my lungs. He's given me life in my body. He's given me relationships in, in life. All these little things to the big things, right? To the fact that Jesus has risen, that the sun has risen, and that that changes everything. All these things, from the little things to the, to the great things, these are all ways that we can rehearse God's goodness. And that's something we can do, because you know what the thing is that we have a really hard time doing a lot of the time? It's actually not just feeling grateful, not just feeling that, but it's actually, it's even deeper than that, is believing. One of the things that we have a really hard time is believing that God is good. Often we have a hard time believing that God is good. And we can say it, I know, but often we don't even say it enough because so often the things that mull about and fill our thought life and the things that we think about and actually kind of bathe ourselves in inside our brains is often our struggles, our fears, our anxieties, our angers, our bitternesses, our weaknesses, our, you know, all of these things that kind of weigh us down. And it's so hard to see through that and to see and to really believe that God is good. And that's why we've been given this practice of gratitude, rehearsing God's goodness. And you know what? It's really cool because this is a practice that's actually modeled for us. We have example after example after example in the New Testament, actually throughout the entire Bible, of how different people have modeled gratitude. They've simply rehearsed God's goodness. They've told the story in different ways over and over and over again of the good things that God has done. Almost every book in the New Testament was written by someone, and I mentioned this, by someone or two people who were going through really, really difficult times. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's a perfect example, right? He wrote 13 of the letters that are in our New Testament. 13 of the letters, and you know what? Four of them were written when he was in, does anyone know? I think I heard it. Jail! Four of his letters were written when he was in jail, when he was in prison. And one of them was the book of Philippians. And you know what a lot of people call the book of Philippians? They call it the book of joy. And he wrote it when he was in jail. I think Paul understood something about gratitude. Not just that, but a lot of Paul's letters, they actually begin right up front, right at the get-go. He basically says, hello, greetings, and then he just goes into this whole thing of gratitude. And the book of Ephesians is actually one of those books. This is a book that was written by the Apostle Paul, and it was also written when he was in prison. When he was in prison. Here's how he starts it. <clears throat> he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, and we got to stop right there, because I think if most of us are honest, <coughs> excuse me, we begin to read a passage like this. We begin to read words like, blessed us in the heavenly realms, blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And we go on to hear kind of the words that Dania read for us earlier this morning. And if we're honest, we just kind of check out. Because when we hear those words, when we hear those phrases of heavenly realms and spiritual blessings and spiritual stuff, what it feels like often is it's either just way up there, it's about this kind of spiritual mumbo-jumbo that doesn't really have a lot to do with my life, and so it's way up there. That's cool, God. I know you're busy doing that stuff. It doesn't really relate to here. So you just do your thing. I'll do my thing. We're good. Or we think it's way out there. It's way in the future. That this is great. This is for after I die, when I somehow get to heaven, right? Like whatever that means. And so we know that this is all stuff that applies. Okay, it doesn't apply now. It applies there, and that's cool. I know it's going to happen after I die. It doesn't really, again, have anything to do with me. But really, we gotta, we got to understand something when we hear language like this in the Bible. Because the people who wrote the Bible, they didn't understand spiritual things 
they didn't understand the heavenly realms as something that was way up there or way out there. They actually understood it as a reality that was right on top, right in the midst of the things that we can see and hear and taste and touch and smell. And you know what? Jesus is an amazing example of that because Jesus is God, right? And the Bible tells us that God is spirit. But God whose spirit took on flesh. He came right down into the middle of our world, into the middle of all the things that we can see and taste and touch and hear and smell, and the spiritual realm became physical. And so when the Bible talks about things that are happening in the heavenly realms, spiritual blessings, these are not meant to be something that's way up there or way out there. These are things that are meant to be like actually taking root, actually becoming more visible in the world that we can see, in a way actually more real than the reality that we can see and taste and touch and hear and smell. That's what these spiritual blessings mean. And so when we begin to read a passage like this, honestly, we're not meant to check out. We're not meant to check out. We're actually meant to say, okay, how can I see this beginning to actually take root in the things that I can see? So I'm going to read the passage again, and here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to get into spiritual mode when you read this, because this is often what we can do. So we sort of check out of all the other things going on in our lives, and, um, and then we kind of get into our spiritual mode or Bible reading mode or whatever, especially if this is kind of a common practice for you to read the Bible. I want you to actually think about some of the struggles, some of the pains, some of the hurts, maybe some of the ways that you're waiting, that you're hurting, that you're struggling. Think about those things, and we're going to read this as you're thinking about those things. If you don't have any of that stuff going on, if you feel like I'm really in a great spot, think about that stuff. Think about all the stuff you've got going on in your life that's amazing, that's good, and that's Really cool that you're excited about and feeling grateful about. Let's read this again in light of that. Here's what it says. It goes on. It says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he's freely given us in the one he loves. In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You know what? There's a bunch of this. I've just been kind of stewing over it, studying it a bit. So exciting. One really cool thing about this is that this whole thing, when Paul wrote it in the original language, it was one sentence. One sentence. No period, no stop, no matter. It's like he's just like gushing, right? It's like he's exploding. It's like he's bursting. He just wants them to understand. You know what? That's really cool. This is a really 
It's a Trinitarian passage. It actually talks through blessings we have, every spiritual blessing, and blessings we have from the Father, blessings we have from the Son, blessings we have from the Holy Spirit, and all of this is for here and now. It's not for up there or out there. <clears throat> but here's what Paul is actually doing. He's, he's giving us an example of gratitude that actually speak into the midst of whatever situation, whatever circumstance we are going through. It's rehearsing God's goodness. Because here's the one-liner. I know kids, you guys have a big picture question or a big picture idea often weeks in, um, in gospel projects. So here's the big picture idea. If there's one line you take away from today, this could be it. It's simply this. God is good. You got to say it to see it. God is good. You got to say it to see it. Can you guys say that with me? Right? Oh, here, let's try again. Right? One, two, three. God is good. You got to say it to see it. That's what gratitude is. It's rehearsing God's goodness. So here's what I thought. I thought, well, how can I try to communicate this, you, this to you today? And so rather than sort of unpack or try to go through every one of those lines, because there are so many things that Paul is just gushing out when he talks through this passage. But what, maybe I could give you just two examples from my own life of how God has used this particular passage to actually shape real gratitude in my own life, um, to actually help me believe these things are more real than the things that I can taste and see and touch and smell and hear, okay? Two quick examples. One of them um, was when I was in university. I think it was between my second and thir third year of university. I was actually doing kind of a summer, and I just put it up here so you can kind of uh, see I've tried to underline a, whole, a, a bunch of the different things that are in here. It's, I don't even think I got all of them, but I was doing a summer pro uh, a mission kind of project um, with university students from across the country, and part of that experience was actually studying through this book, the book of Ephesians together. And so very early on, we were looking at this passage. And I don't remember, to be honest, if it was like in a single moment or if it was in the context of reading this on my own and talking it through with the people that were in uh, the kind of small group of guys that I was studying this with, but I remember the passage. It was this. It says, it's in here, um, four to six. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It's like it gave him pleasure to do this. To the praise of his glorious grace, it says, which he's freely given us in the one he loves. And this is just, in, at least in my life, it was one of those experiences that you can't plan, you can't control, you can't make happen. But I can just tell you, in being faced with this truth, this is just simple, I wasn't doing this intentionally, but it was in a way, it was rehearsing God's goodness. It was just stating it out, speaking it out, reading it for myself. God's grace somehow exploded in my life in a way that I had never experienced before. And, and I can tell you, I haven't had many experiences like that since. But his grace exploded in my life. Because if this is true, I just thought, who, God, am I? Like, who am I that it says, you, you like, not, he, he, he chose me in love to be adopted, to be brought in as a beloved son. And that wasn't just something he did out of duty. It says he did this according to his pleasure. Like, he was pleased to do this. Not, not when I um, looked like I had some good potential in life. Not when I started seeking him. Not even when I was born. It says he did this before the creation of the world. Before time began. He somehow reached down and plucked me out in love and it gave him pleasure. And I thought, 
what is this grace? This is something that I had never experienced before. And I can tell you, this radically changed the direction of my life. It radically changed the direction of my life. I can point the beginning of my own kind of sense of call into ministry to this verse. Because, man, I, I, I felt like this is something that's so radically for me. I, I want other people to know this, to get this, that there is a grace, that there is a God of love that has just, like, broken through stuff in my own life. That's what happens when we actually live out this practice of gratitude. Sometimes it's like we say it, but then we see it. We can't make that happen, but God makes that happen. That's really cool when it does. Another really cool example of this in my own life, I have a good friend. His name is Alex. I spoke with him this week, asked him permission to just share this story. Known him for, the, I don't know, at least 15 years or so. Um, we went to university together, and uh, it was about three years ago, right at this time, actually, of year, I think it was in June, actually, he, I got a phone call on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was getting ready to go to church, and he said, Tony, I have news to tell you. Um, yesterday, I was at the mall with my two young kids. They've got two kids, similar ages to our own kids. He said, I collapsed in the parking lot with my two kids there. I had a, a seizure. I woke up in the hospital and was told that I uh, have a cancerous brain tumor. Um, and so we're figuring out what's going on right now. And so thankfully, by the next day, he was conscious, and they'd given him meds, and he was sorted out. Since then, he's gone through two different um, brain surgeries. He's gone through two rounds of uh, chemotherapy and radiation treatment. And God's been so good. He's been so gracious to them. But the tumor's not gone. And, you know, unless a miracle breaks in on his life and in his brain, that there's no expectation that the tumor will be removed. And so they've got to figure out how to live life like this and thankfully like I said God's been so gracious to them and he's still able to work and their family is doing you know well but there are ups and downs in that there are ups and downs in that I want to read you an email that he sent to me and many other of his uh, friends and family members who continue to pray for him and his family which is taken right out of this passage and this is gratitude friends he says beloved uh, it was two years ago that I was at the mall with Samuel and Esther, his two kids, now six and four respectively, when I suffered a seizure which led to the discovery of a large, invasive, cancerous tumor in my brain. Receiving a diagnosis of brain cancer was obviously unexpected. Everything else that was true about me was pushed to the margins, and I began to restructure my identity around this medical diagnosis. Isn't that interesting? He's aware of that. And isn't that what we do? So often when difficult seasons or experiences or circumstances are in our life, we actually, our, our identity becomes, like, gets shaped by those things, doesn't it? We can see ourselves in light of that thing that's going on. That's, that's not who we're meant to be. And so he says, hoping to redress this, I began to take an inventory of all that I possessed that was of more significance and more value than brain cancer. In this inventory, I turned to Ephesians 1. So he says, here are some of the things that I have today besides, besides a brain cancer diagnosis. He says, I've been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I've been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. I've been chosen to be holy and blameless before Christ. I've been predestined for adoption as a son through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I've been predestined for adoption as a son through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. I've been predestined for adoption to a son through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. I've been predestined for adoption as a son through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, 
with which he has blessed me in the beloved. I have redemption through the blood of Jesus. I have the forgiveness of my trespasses. I have been lavished with grace. I have the mystery of God's will made known to me. I have obtained an inheritance. I have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Then he says, Hallelujah, all I have is Christ. Hallelujah, all I have is Christ. You know, it is such a powerful statement to me of what gratitude is. He wasn't ignoring or minimizing the realities of his situation. He wasn't trying to say, yeah, but the glass is really half full if you look at it this way. No, he was rehearsing God's goodness, simply speaking it out. And it just made me think, you know, thank you, God. Like, this was actually a gift to me, and, and I think it was a gift to all those that he sent it to. Thank you, God, that no matter what happens, no matter what happens in Alex's life, no matter what happens with this tumor that is in his brain and all the things that are going on in his life, no matter what happens, these things will never be untrue of his life. And in fact, they will never be untrue of my life. And in a very real way, these things are actually more true. So what's the identity I'm meant to be rooted in? What's the identity I'm meant to be rooted in? God is good. You got to say it to see it. We got to say it to see it. Actually speak it out loud. Like, like declare it. Okay, uh, I know I've probably gone over time. Um, I want to just finish um, with three quick ways. How do we continue to cultivate this kind of thing? I just, I, we just belie- I, I believe that. This isn't about trying to make yourself feel good, turn on a switch, just see the bright side of things. No, it's simply declaring out, stating out loud, actually opening our mouths and saying things that we know to be true even though we don't always believe them. And God does something in that that we can't do for ourselves. So I think there's three ways that I just want to encourage you that you can do this on your own, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You can uh, sing it, share it, and store it, okay? How do you say it? You can sing it, share it, and store it, okay? Sing it. Um, Here's the same letter, Ephesians chapter 5. Paul says this, Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music from your heart to God, or, or heart to the Lord, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We all know that's why we sing every week. It's a way of giving thanks, but we also know there's like a power in music, isn't there? It has the ability to kind of speak into our soul in a way that mere words can't do. I think uh, like psychologically there's actually a power in music too because I remember learning many years ago that the reason why we can uh, have a much easier time memorizing lyrics to songs is because it uses both parts of our brain. So I think it's the right side of our brain that uh, controls or oversees like music, but it's the left side of our brain that kind of oversees words. And so when we have music and words together, okay, those words actually become more, more easily kind of uh, ingrained into the way that we think. So put music on. Like have music playing in, in your homes, in your car, like music that is gratitude music, that's rehearsing God's goodness. Allow it to seep into your brain. Allow the power of music to, um, um, to use the power of God's word to actually shape gratitude in your heart. Um, we've recently downloaded the Toby Max CD for our kids. They were arguing over some of our worship music that they didn't like. I didn't know this happens when kids are seven and five or uh, already, but it is. We're having those conversations. So we got, and Toby Mac is constantly playing, but our kids are memorizing these words over and I don't know how. Like kids have the incredible ability to memorize uh, stuff, especially music. So if you're a parent here with kids, like put on worship music. Put on words and music that are declaring, that are speaking out 
truths about God's goodness. Sing it. Um, share it. You know, what made that email from my friend Alex so powerful, partly it was the truth that he was saying, but really it was who it was coming from. It was who it was coming from. Because when there is someone who's going through a period of suffering in their lives and they are able to give gratitude to God, that's, that's a powerful statement about the power of God at work in the world, in their life. And then I think, if you can say that, I can say that. So we give an incredible gift when we actually share it, when we speak out to someone else, God's goodness. So here's a simple question to you today. I, if we had more time, I would love for you to do that right now. But kids, you got something in your, in your books, a little journal or whatever. I'd just love for you to write down right now the name of someone that you can today, whether it's your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or a friend or an aunt or an uncle, just someone who you can just share one thing that you are thankful for, or maybe you don't even feel thankful for, one thing about God's goodness that you can share with someone else. Because there is a power when we open our mouths and actually speak it to someone else that reminds them about the goodness of God. We can sing it, we can share it, but we can also store it. Um, we can memorize this, these truths because there's something that happens. I just think so much of our thought life is kind of stuck on things about our pain, about our hurt, about our fear, or about our anxiety, about our anger, about our bitterness. Our thoughts just naturally gravitate toward these things. That's what memorization pulls us out of. When we memorize scripture, when we memorize truth, it actually pulls us out of this kind of self-focused, often negative thinking and I'm not just trying to kind of give like a psychological kind of tip, but because this is God's word. We actually believe that his word has power to speak into our lives. So if we had had more time, it would have actually had us memorize um, Ephesians 1-3 together. You know, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I'd love for you to go home and over lunch, memorize that together. Memorize it. When we memorize, it actually begins to train our thoughts to dwell, to mull, not on all the stuff that we normally mull on, but on truth. Rehearsing God's goodness. One more way that we can do this is actually pray it. Pastor Kate, I'm going to invite Pastor Kate and the worship team to come up. Pastor Kate is going to pray a prayer of gratitude for us. Why can we pray? We pray because we believe that actually when we pray, it unleashes spiritual reality into physical reality. That is what prayer is like a gate. Or it's like a key in a way that unlocks spiritual realities into our physical reality. That's the gift of what prayer is. So we can pray gratitude. We can pray God's goodness into our lives, into the lives of those we know and love, into the world. Pastor Kate's going to do that in one quick moment. I just want to finish with this one thought. This whole idea of rehearsing God's goodness, of saying it to see it, say it to see it. Here's why I believe that is so important for us. And I have to be the first to tell you that I don't naturally do this. This was a really good message for me to prepare because I, I, this is not, I don't, I don't live this. <laughs> I want to live this more. Um, here's why I believe it's so important for us because I believe that as we learn to cultivate the spiritual practice of gratitude, when we begin to say God's goodness out loud, we don't just see his goodness, we actually see him we see the one whom we are praising. We see the one whom we are thanking. And I know, I, like, we get glimpses, like, like, like in, in very real, tangible ways, ways that we can see and hear and taste and touch and smell. We see the living God. 
the one who is spirit, who came flat, who became flesh, we see the living Christ actually in the midst of whatever circumstances we are going through. I want to catch glimpses, you know? I want to catch glimpses of the living God in my life. This is one practice that God's um, given us to do that. So Pastor Kate's going to pray a prayer of gratitude for us. This is one way we can kind of enter in. Thanks, Tony. Um, why don't you all stand with me for a minute? And we're going to do um, a responsive prayer together, actually. But I wanted you to do something. Kids, you can stand, too, because you can pray this prayer with us. Um, to get us in kind of the space, though, to give our things to God, I just want us to, if you feel comfortable, just to put your hands like that, like you're going to receive something. And you can close your eyes or keep them open. It doesn't matter. But just for a moment, as Lori's playing, praying, um, or playing, I'm praying. <laughs> just say, like, just ask God to show you his goodness. Just ask him for a second. And maybe he'll put something specific on your mind that you have um, not noticed before that he has given you, that you um, just feel yourself, I'm, like, Lord, I want to be grateful for this. Or maybe you're going through a hard time and you're struggling to see God's goodness. So you just ask him and he will show you his goodness. I believe that. Because he wants to show us his goodness. And then we're going to pray together. So I'm going to pray the bold. And if you want to respond in the italics, uh, please feel free. Lord God, we come before you today with hearts that desire to be grateful. We confess that sometimes than the things that you have blessed us with. And so we confess to you our feelings of inadequacy, fear, and insecurity. We confess that we have not always trusted in you, our good, good Father, to provide for our needs or heal our wounds and diseases. We confess that we have often made you smaller than you are, that we have put limitations on you, that instead of being like Jesus at the feeding of the 5,000 and looking at what we have, even though it may be little, and thanking you for that, knowing that you can make it more, we often instead choose the attitude that the disciples had. We look at what we have or where we are and say, Lord, how will this ever be enough? But Lord, we pray that we would be a people that sings your praises at all times that we would recite the ways in which you have lavished us with blessings, that we would memorize your goodness, that it would be so familiar to us that unending peace and joy would follow us for all our days. May we taste and see your goodness in all things and in all circumstances. And we confess that our attitude of ungratefulness to you or so we, we confess it not because you condemn us for a lack of trust in you, but because we know that you are good and that you own the cattle on a thousand hills and that you are the good father who will give good gifts to us, your children. And because we know that an attitude of thanksgiving is one that can bear good spiritual fruit in us, that when we give thanks, we will enter into your presence. In fact, as your psalmist David, David says, that we will enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. So, Lord, we want to offer up our praise to you, not just for your benefit, but also for our own, 
because thankfulness is a practice that can usher us into your very presence and give us life. And now we give thanks to you, God. Thank you for your son, Jesus, through whom you have washed us clean from the stain of sin and made us white as snow. Thank you for the grace and peace and every spiritual blessing you have granted us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you that he chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, that he loved us so much that he would choose us to be his sons and daughters, those who join in his inheritance. Thank you that we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness for our sins, and that through Christ, God's grace has been poured out upon us like water poured out on thirsty Lord, we thank you that though we don't always understand your methods, your ways are not completely foreign to us, that we can see you at work and see how you're using things to shape us and sanctify us. For the ways you work, even when we can't see it, we thank you, Lord. Let's all I'll say this together. And so for all this and more, we come before you with thanksgiving. Lord, in all circumstances, open our lips that our mouths would pour forth your praises. For you are the Lord, the great God, the King above all gods. To the God who is our hope and our redemption, we give thanks forevermore. Amen. Just to wrap up our service this morning, I just thought that, um, you know, what's so cool is that even Paul, as he wrote this passage, he gets that we cannot always easily see these things. And so that's why, just a couple verses later, this was from 3 to 14, in verse 17, this is what Paul says. He says, I keep praying for you that God our Father would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know God more. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? We need his goodness to be revealed to us in order for us to see him, in order for us to know him more. So that's what I want to bless you with. I want to actually, I want to bless you with his spirit of wisdom and revelation that he would give you eyes to see not just his goodness. Yes, his goodness, not just his goodness, but actually him, him in your life. Would you receive that this morning?